You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, we could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Randolph Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And I think, although it would just be a solo show, I would talk about my favorite post-backpacking beer, because you guys don't drink beer. But check this out. <clears throat> Guess what that was? Is it? It's your first beer on the podcast? First beer on the podcast. What? It's called the Gatorade Lemon Lime Beer. That's just Gatorade. Did you know Except that it's just Gatorade. That Gatorade comes in cans? It does. It's pretty sweet. That's why I was so stoked to pop this. Because <laughs> it's Gatorade in a can. Gatorade in a can. And I hear this it is tastes... more rare than beer. Wonderful. Let's see. Pretty tasty. <laughs> yep. Lemon lime? Lemon lime. I have the... Crisp. I have the Wasatch Brewery Island Hop Tropical IPA India Pale Ale. Um, it says it tastes like mango, citrus, and papaya. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't taste like any of those. <laughs> so Wasatch, I, like? I have a lot of love for Wasatch Brewery. I don't, I don't know what they're doing with this beer. <laughs> I have no idea. But idea we thought that. we should field some common backpacking questions. Yeah. Um, so if you, you're gonna, you've never been, you've never been, and you want to start backpacking, you have a friend who went, a cousin, brother, sister, a dog, went by himself and did fared well, made it out of the wilderness. Maybe you saw a movie about it. I don't know. And you're like, yeah, I need to do that. What are some common questions that people would have? So did you find a blog or a, um, yeah, yeah okay. there's, there's a, there's a lot of questions floating around the internet. There's, I found two blogs right off the bat that have, that people are asking lots of questions, um, about backpacking. The first one is, do I need to train for backpacking? Yes, so hard. <laughs> I think that's yes, yes, for sure. Yes, but also not no. not that much. It depends on the trip you're going to be going on. Okay. Right? Yes, yes and no. I want to preface, I real quick want to preface this question with, backpacking is my favorite outdoor activity in the sense that anyone can do it. Yes. I think it's the outdoor activity that the, the, For the most largest part. group of people can do. Yes. Not anyone can go mountain biking or trail It's not a skill you have to learn. Mm-hmm. It's walking. If you can walk, with a, you can backpack. With with, with a heavy load. Mm-hmm. So, you depending... Now, backpacking, typically, I mean, by definition, it means you backpack. Your, you take what your, your tent, your campground, into the backcountry to stay a night or two. What you don't want to do is be... Uh, physically um, inept to where you can't hike out like you get so sore after one day of hiking that you know the next day or two that you're so sore that you have a hard time getting out so I would suggest doing a couple of smaller hikes around your area 
or if you don't have like if you live in flatlands somewhere hit the treadmill on the incline and then also the decline because the decline surprisingly is where your quads get more sore than an incline in incline you're just out of breath but your legs don't really get sore but steep declines your legs get sore and can knock you out um so it would be wise to be in to do some sort of local hikes um and to make sure but you i think one of the one of the big reasons to do local hikes if you're just getting into backpacking you probably just got new shoes mm. and you want to make sure that your shoes are broken in if you're wearing trail runners this isn't as important um but make sure whatever footwear you're wearing has plenty of miles on it so you're not breaking them in on the trail so if you um i don't know if you're run 5ks 10 10ks marathons that's what those those long run practice runs are for is to work out some of those details on what your nutrition is what your shoes are what you're wearing and so if you do these hikes uh a five mile hike or you know or 13 mile hike even um you'll learn like okay yeah not so jazzed about these pants or i got a blister in these shoes we have we had uh, scotty a uh, friend friend of ours who is he loves hiking and he hikes he he's had he's hiked to the top of multiple 14ers and, and multiple 13,000 foot um peaks um and he came into the shop because he needed needed to replace his old vasks and i talked him into a pair of salewas and then he called me and said i have blisters on my shoes i have blisters on my feet i think it's the shoes um and i first my first question was well what socks are you wearing and he said he's wearing like a cotton liner with a waterproof sock I'm like okay well you should come into the shop and i'll get you a good pair of darn tufts and you shouldn't have any blisters anymore because i think your feet are too hot you're wearing double you learn those things on local you don't want to learn that you don't want to have the blisters in the middle of the backcountry you want to learn how to deal with these things locally on day hikes yeah I think oh, go for it, Greg. Oh, I was just gonna mention like uh, the shoes that I'm wearing right now, the La Sportiva Bushidos. They're a trail runner that I've been really excited to get my hands on and test out and stuff. And I, when I got them, I just went on a hike, just a mellow hike with them, and uh, and I got some major blisters, both heels. Mm. Got some blisters within, and I didn't even go that far. It was like three or four miles, is all. And I had two blisters, one on each heel. And I thought, well, it's probably because I haven't worn them. I haven't been wearing shoes a lot. It was during the winter, so I was either in, like, ski boots or slippers, pretty much. And um, <laughs> I like that those are the two options. Yeah. And so I um, so I thought, well, maybe I just need to wear them more often, need to break my feet into them a little. So I started wearing them around during the day more often. And then I eventually, a month later, month and a half later, I went on another hike, and I got two more blisters on the back of my heels. Mm. And so now I've just come to the conclusion, I've gone on some shorter hikes without any problems, but I've kind of come to the conclusion that sh these shoes are now my just everyday shoes, mm. probably not my hiking shoes. And I wear other trail runners that don't give me blisters on hikes. I just hike Ben Lomond, 16 miles, 5,000 feet-ish of elevation, 4,500 4, something. Not the slightest blister because they were shoes that I've worn a bunch. I knew they were going to be good. And uh, you just don't know those things if you if the first time you go out is on a backpacking trip. So yeah. So I'm uh, back to the 
maybe the, the core of the question, which is physical preparedness. Um, the legs are going to need some some work if you haven't been if it's winter time, it's COVID coming out of COVID, and you haven't hiked or done anything. Go on, a, go on some hikes. Also, as far as backpacking goes, um, if you've got dumbbells or something that you can do some shoulder presses, um, kind of strengthen that upper body, um, pull ups, shoulder press, um, dumbbell. What's the um, rows um to just sort of you know get be prepared to carry some weight you could even on your day hikes put some added weight into your day pack if you've got a day pack to get used to carrying some weight yeah Mm -hmm. i think going along with that is like while you are hiking pay attention to what your body's saying i think that's probably pretty obvious but also one that especially those who are are already backpacking and think they can handle anything and they go do it like not paying attention to your body is a common thing that leads to failure on the trail. And I was talking to Brian about this a couple hours ago and he hiked the PCT, then hiked the CDT and not long after went and did a 120 mile loop up in Portland or in Oregon, but he hadn't hiked for months and he tried to do 30 miles on the first day or 25 miles on the first day and it ruined the rest of his trip because mm. he wasn't paying attention. He's like, My, I heard at mile 10, but I just thought it was because it was the first day of backpacking. But no, like he ended up, he hurt his foot somehow, and I don't think he finished the rest of the trail. So for those who are getting into it, like pay attention to what your body's saying, and if if you've hurt, if you push yeah. yourself too far on the first day, you're not going to enjoy the rest of the trip. And just because you were the starting linebacker or the captain of the volleyball team in high school, it doesn't mean it's going to translate to <laughs> elevation and training in the mountains. Exactly, you've got to go do that kind of stuff. So okay, yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Should you train? Yes, but you don't have to. Right. If you're in good shape, you can make it. Or if and you're be in bad fine. shape, just plan a real mellow introductory backpacking trip. And I've been on trips where people physically uh, are affected, um, either by their weight or by the elevation. I've seen that. Um, seen one. It was a girl who's in very good shape, and in fact, such good shape that they were having fun so much fun on the way in like hike like running in you know essentially while the rest of us were hiking way well behind them and then the elevation got to them on day two and they couldn't continue and so it, yeah like experience in the mountains is a thing um don't overdo it and just because you're in good shape doesn't always translate the best i mean if you want to be a good whatever you got to go do the whatever part so a good hiker just go hike yeah right on all right, here's another one. How do you poop in the backcountry? Oh, let me tell you. Any any I, tips here? Do you know that I have a... Uh, how, to, how to in the I, woods? I, no, I don't have that, but oh. I've got a sling. Oh. A tree sling. I've never used it. Have you seen these? Uh-uh. You put it... It's, you put it on... <laughs> You, you, you put, put it, it around a tree, it? a tree, and then it allows you to sit like you're on a throne. <laughs> Do you wrap like, it around your body? Yeah, yeah. So around the tree and around, and around your body. Around your body, and yeah, and then you can like <laughs> sit like you're on the throne. <laughs> wow. I think my mom gave it to me for Christmas once. That's awesome. Right? That's great. I But I've never, it's kind of big, bulky. It's kind of like, I, I, I don't need this. I've never taken it with me to actually use. Um, yeah. So, Greg, how do you poop in the woods? Well, there is there is that book that Chase mentioned. Um, Pooping in the woods. Yeah. Um, so, if you if you need really kind of the... A detailed how-to. Detailed how-to, you can do that. 
Um, but uh, you should be burying your stuff or hauling it out, depending on where you're at. Burying. Dig a hole. So you need a Dig trowel. A yeah, so so know before you go. You need a trowel. So the way I... You need toilet paper. The way I usually do it is I, I usually don't do the trowel method. Mm. I usually find a rock that is stuck in the ground that I can kind of pull out of the ground so that there's a big hole, poop in the hole, replace the rock. That's what I usually do. And then I just haul my toilet paper out because you're not supposed to leave that behind. Um, so... Yeah, the number, like the most, the most uh, leave no trace would be to dig a hole, poop in the hole, uh, wipe, burn the paper, yeah. or pack it out. And sometimes you're like, well, how do I pick it? Yeah, I don't burn it. Because packing it out is sometimes a, right, I, yeah. a trick. Um, and then bury it. Right. Um, there are people, mostly volunteers, who go into populated camping areas in these places and that's what they do is they pick up all this and it's like just be considerate with that right. bury your poop as much as you can um yeah also might i suggest um wet wipes i would that was gonna be my suggestion <laughs> these things are the best oh dude do not go camping without backpacking no. without wet wipes it's, it is a <laughs> pack them out bring a separate ziploc to put your dirty wet wipes in and that's what i do anyway um Clean whatever you want, all right? Keep it clean, okay? And then put it in the game changer. Yeah, oh, totally. Totally. So, um, I've, you know, you can, well, I'm trying to think of the various things that I have done. When I've been above tree line, uh, that's a little trickier. So you got to find, yeah, what I usually find is a, because uh, there's no, or something like that. There's no trees or no bushes to hide. Right. You're basically out there. Right. For all the world to see. So I usually find a, all the a big pile see. of rocks or something like that. Find a, a some cracks in the rocks that go down quite a ways, and then I shoot for that. Oh man, yeah, I, um, yeah, I was I had a bad experience above tree line before. Is this, is this going oh, going with the, a bad experience? The, uh, King's Peak. Yeah, did I tell you about this? Yeah, where you had to poop like wide right out in the open. Well. You well it was. I didn't know you were right out in the open, right? No, the se different deal. I okay. I just had to I uh, had to go. It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna wait, right? And so yeah, you're pff, no like everyone's everyone saw me. Like you could see, if you were hiking the peak, you could see me. This was I've had a couple bad experiences on peak, <laughs> King's Peak, and but um, it's day two, and I'm taking a day pack, and I didn't have toilet paper. <laughs> I had cliff bars. <laughs> I like this. It's a good story. So, I unwrapped the cliff bars. <laughs> oh, wait, I don't want to <laughs> So, did you use a cliff bar or the wrapper? I don't want to hear that. And I there I am, eating a cliff bar, trying to use the wrapper <laughs> to clean up. <laughs> Because I got nothing. And I'm like, I cannot wait to get back into camp where I can just sit my dirty butt in the lake and use a wet wipe and clean up. So what? I can tell you what not to do. Yeah. And it was one of those things where you're like, oh, man, I got to go. You don't even think about it. Like, I got to go. I got to go. And you take your backpack, put your day pack off, throw it down, put it on poop. And I'm like, oh, no. 
<laughs> Please don't tell me I left the toilet paper in the camp. Uh, left the toilet paper in the camp. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. So I didn't have to use a sock or anything, but I... I, I, have, yeah. I have done that before. And a it sock. actually works really well. Um, yeah, I was just... I, I was kind of by a lake, and so I went to the bathroom. I used my sock, and then I walked down to the lake, and I scrubbed that sock like crazy. <laughs> I'd hope you oh, scrubbed man. it like crazy. Man, I used I scrubbed it with mud, and then I scrubbed it with soap, biodegradable soap, and then I scrubbed it with mud again. And man, it was a very clean sock when I was done with it, and it was a very clean hiney when I was done with the sock. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, yeah, the sock worked really well. Bottom line, bring wet plates. I see what you did there. Bottom line. Uh, bury it, whether you use a rock or move a rock, which is a pretty good idea. I always take a sh- little shovel because they're so light these days. Um, and then and some toilet paper. Uh, it's so funny. So COVID happened, and my mom, bless her heart, ordered toilet paper from Amazon, and it showed up, and it's like miniature toilet paper, right? Like the picture on the Amazon wasn't... Oh, exactly man. what she thought so she saved it and the first time she saw me she's like here i, I got you this i'm like what is it? she's like it's backpacking toilet paper <laughs> i'm like it is backpacking toilet paper where did you find backpacking toilet paper she's like well i ordered it on amazon because we were out and i thought it was normal toilet paper uh, and it's like oh my gosh that is so funny and they are the cutest little like rolls like of mini rolls of are they so, single ply or something? No, they're double ply. They're two ply. Huh. Um, they're just not very thick Are and not like very rolled, big. They're just rolled extra tight or something. It's like if you and the, even the little cardboard thing is smaller. You know, it's just like yeah, like wow, it really is like a dollhouse toilet paper or something. Where <laughs> so you can find that stuff out there if you want to. Or and I do know people who are like, let's see, I'll probably poop like four times. I use this many sheets and then they count it out and they. Try and measure it. Um, yeah, you just never go know. for it, but you never know. Because yeah. sometimes you've got a like a good one, and you hardly need. Boy, I would hardly need triple that amount. Yeah, and then sometimes you need the whole roll. Yep. Just you know, I had one experience. I was backpacking with a buddy, and um, I was out of backpacking food. I didn't know what to take. I had some some um, some dehydrated potato flakes or something like that. That mm, was like all yum. I had. And I liked them, mm. but I was like, oh, I need to add something more to this or whatever. And so I got some, I found some sausage and I like mixed in some like summer sausage and some other seasonings, some like onion seasonings, some other things. And I thought this is going to be really A good. Backcountry chef. Yeah. I thought this is going to be really good. Well, I, I made this all at home and just kind of mm. mixed it up. And then I, so I get out there and I make it and it smells really good. It tastes good and everything, but it Oh, man, it turned my stomach inside out. And for, like, the next three days, I did not have a single uh, bowel movement that was... um, Hard to clean up. That was healthy. And I ran out of toilet paper quite quite quickly on that trip. And it just... Oh, it was a brutal Mm. trip. So I had to... Yeah, you you just never know. Sometimes... One, One trick is, and this is part of it, is is try to eat the same type of foods that you're currently eating or try a new a lot of times you'll go to the store and you'll buy all the trail mix you'll and you're eating dehydrated food that you don't have like you're eating foods that you haven't eaten and then it messes with your system so that's why you eat peak refill peak refill and or things like cheeses and nuts that don't 
help lock things. Slow things yeah, down. slow yeah. things down a little bit. Cheeses and nuts, but not necessarily raisins and the fruits that are in a lot of the trail mixes. Uh, well, that'll speed things up. You go the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, I actually... Which I one, really, really one, like dried fruits, but yeah. One thing I used to do, and I still... I, I don't do it as much now, but um, one time before I went and climbed Mount Rainier, I for like a week beforehand, I was taking Metamucil every single day. I remember um, that. And Metamucil actually helped me to... I mean, this is way more information than I ever thought I'd share to the <laughs> <Yeah>. world, but Metamucil <laughs> so, just helped me. Greg, somebody needs to hear this. Helped, <laughs> helped me poo. Like I could just, like, I could sit on the toilet. Five seconds later, I was done. It was all out. Everything was clean. And it was just like, poof. And, man, my system was moving really efficiently and smoothly. So then when we got up on Mount Rainier, and I ha you have to, you're pooping on a glacier. And so they just, you're you're in a camp surrounded by a whole bunch of other people that are all camping in the same area and because you're on a glacier and there's crevasses around they've got like one little designated area for pooping and you just kind of go into this area and it's just kind of the rule that you don't peek on your pooping neighbor and so good rule but you're but you're out there in the middle of everything and you're just hoping nobody's looking and so you want to be quick and so with this metamucil i called it at the time metamucil therapy but I just, I could get out there and man, 15 seconds I was in and out and nobody even knew. And so that Impressive. was how I did it on the, on the glacier. So. Have you ever had to use something that you take up, you know, like a big wall, so you've got like to pack it out or whatever? Well, in, uh, I mean, in, in some areas, I think Mount Rainier is actually one of these areas that you you have to, they give you a bag and you have to carry it out. So you're not like pooping and leaving it on the mountain you're pooping and then taking it off with mm. you um trying okay. to think, uh the tetons is one of those i'm trying to remember maybe it wasn't the tetons i'm i don't remember all the places but you have to actually take a wag bag with you and, and carry it out which we sell all the time at the shop so yeah let's get another question in real quick okay one last question <clears throat> this one will be quick and easy how heavy should my pack be probably 100 pounds at least yeah. yeah i've always heard 20 percent of your body weight yeah that's a good good rule 20 25 probably not more than uh probably not more than 30 percent uh maximum mm -hmm. unless right. you're like an ultra ultra athlete and you're going on a huge expedition so let's use pounds okay um what's considered heavy I guess it depends on who you are. Yeah, 50, 50, 50 plus pounds is probably. Yeah. I think 40 pounds is That's, getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And what is ultralight? I think your ultralight, if your base weight's around 10 pounds. Base weight is pounds. no water? Yeah. No water or food. Yeah, so I would say anything shy of 20 pounds, you're considered lightweight or ultralight. So the sweet I'd spot say, would I'd be. Say under 30 pounds is lightweight, under 20 pounds is ultralight. So 30 to 40 is where you probably most, want to sit. Most people are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if we weigh 155 pounds, like 31 pounds is what you should probably be shooting for. That's 20, that's 20% of your body weight, which is if you're just getting into backpacking, it's kind of hard to hit that 30 pound, I would say, because you're probably not going to have a, a one or two pound sleeping bag and you're probably not going to have a one or two pound tent. So what are some tips and tricks to go lighter? Like sharing the tent. So sharing tent. I think probably one of the quickest ways to save weight is getting a down sleeping bag. I oh, yeah. Yeah. 
That's a lot of weight, too. Yeah, that's, I ten, mean. Down in tent, or sleeping back in tent, are probably your two. Because yeah. your, your average cheap backpacking sleeping bag that's warm enough is probably close to five pounds. Oh. If you get, like, a down sleeping bag, you're going to be one to two pounds for a similar weight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me, I would I would always tell people, I used to teach a whole bunch of backpacking classes at the store, and, um, and I used to do a bunch of trainings for, like, scout leaders and stuff like that. I'd go around to different places and do training for scout leaders, and so I was teaching them how do you... How do you take your kids backpack? How do you teach them to backpack and stuff? And I'd always tell them, you got to go on a couple of trips beforehand, smaller trips, so that you can learn what you use and what you don't use. Because yeah. chances are you'll take a whole bunch of stuff and half of it you won't even touch. Mm-hmm. And you'll think you need it until you've gone on two or three trips and realize I've never even touched this. I've never even thought about touching this. And so you can just leave that at home. You can save a ton of weight by just not taking certain things. That's but some probably of those the biggest things, way. Yeah. But some of those things you just really don't know whether you're going to need it or not until you've actually gone on a few trips. I think I've, I'm notorious for packing too many clothes when yeah. I first started going. I thought, well, you know, obviously multiple underwears and multiple socks, I need three, four pairs of pants. And sh- I'm like, what the hell was I? Th- Why do I need all this stuff? No, when you get out there, you're like, I need one pair of pants. I need this. I'm like, right. it's pretty basic because it's three, four, five, six days. You can get away with wearing, um, you know, you're not impressing anybody out there. So right. we're not, we don't need to change our shirt every day. Um, <laughs> well, but, for me, but I if you wear wool and some things that don't stink, because that's when you get in trouble or where you're like, oh, I need a new shirt because I stink. Some uh, fabrics you can get away with wearing multiple days in a row and you don't have to worry about that right i i really don't like feeling dirty and stinky when i'm in the mountains like it it just drives me crazy but i still only take usually one pair of pants for hiking and like a pair of shorts maybe some long johns if it's cold if it, the weather's going to be cold and then i usually take a short sleeve shirt and a long sleeve shirt and so I don't have a lot. Do you have a mid layer or do you well, have a jacket? And then, and then usually like a down jacket and a rain jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, so I usually don't have a lot of extra clothes, but I do wash almost, you know, every every other day or something like that. And so when my short sleeve shirt needs to be, what I usually do is if I, I get into camp, I'll put on a long sleeve shirt if it's not too hot of a day and I'll wash my short sleeve shirt that I hiked in on lay it out to dry and by the next morning it's fresh and it's good and the but i i take a bath like i swim in the lake or i take a bath in a, in the river almost every day maybe every other day mm-hmm. just to try to keep what i'm wearing clean keep myself clean keep my sleeping bag clean and stuff i'm kind of big on that type of stuff so i i always have soap with me i don't take a ton of clothes but i'm always taking baths and everything like that my family laughs at me for it but it's like man if there's a lake by right by i go swimming with a a little bit of biodegradable soap i go jump in the lake get myself wet wash off and that's kind of a big deal for me cool cool yeah i i'm i'm like your family (laughs) (laughs) i don't bathe i'll probably i've usually like yeah I don't like being stinky though and so that's where like wet wipes and things help you can just if there's not if you're not by a lake or water you can wipe yourself down and just feel yeah. fresh that's what my feel wife, better wife does she always has wet wipes for that reason yeah 
Okay, well, that should help. We answered a few questions, get you started a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, on the weight thing, though, um, really, if you can keep it under 20% of your body weight, I mean, that's less than 40 pounds if you're a 200-pounder like myself. That's pretty good. Um, if That's a great goal to shoot for. Um, definitely not over 30% because that's a lot. But Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for the podcast today. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe and also, to us. <laughs> and <laughs> that's a, another song on our album. Hit, yeah. Hit that subscribe button. Yep. We've had an Just intro now. Right now. Right. Do it right now. As what do you YouTubers say? Now you're looking at the the app. So yeah. Right now. Hit the subscribe button, and then what's the YouTuber say? They say, "Oh, make sure to click notifications." Uh, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to do that with the no, podcast. You can. That's okay. Can you? Yeah. With yeah, the, you I, can. Can. Okay. I don't know how it works. But hit the subscribe for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a friendly review. Five star. Uh, that helps other Five people star. find us as well. Um, you can check out gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com for all of your backpacking needs. And um, most of your backpacking needs, I should say. Hopefully all of them, but sometimes during this COVID-19 period sometimes it's hard for us to restock on some of our stuff so we usually have stuff in stock but if we're out of stock of something don't uh, don't give up on us we'll get it back in stock I'm never um, gonna give you up <laughs> you know the song It'll be back in stock whoa yeah see yeah. that's a side right there that's a side for yeah. sure yeah. I think we just found our first a side hit <laughs> Anyways. Alright, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. See you out there. See um, you out there again.